surround yourself with people who've already done it. So find people who have achieved what you want to achieve and then hang out with them. And don't listen to the people who are going to tell you it's a bad idea or it's risky or no, or gripe or complain. They don't see all the people who are going to say whatever, who haven't done what you want to do, just totally ignore their advice. Only listen to the advice of people who have already been where you want to go and you'll be successful. That's David Bray from Military to Millionaire. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Buying a home can be stressful enough, so it's great to work with a lender who already understands the special situation of military families. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hey, today we're talking with Marine veteran David Perret from Military to Millionaire. David, you got some great things going on. A lot of real estate stuff going on. You've written a book, got the website, Mastermind, bunch of stuff to cover. Let's go back to the beginning uh, where it all started when you were in the Marine Corps. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, brother. I, uh, you know, I joined in 08. Uh, as your typical, like grew up in Arkansas, I was, I wanted to leave Arkansas. I had no idea what I wanted to do for school, no scholarships. Cause I putzed around in high school mm-hmm. and the military is a great option for leaving small towns without having to spend money. <laughs> and so, uh, joined the Marine Corps and thought I was gonna do four years, get out and go to school. And, you know, I, first four years, I saw a whole bunch of different countries. I was in Japan, you know, deployed all, all the good stuff, a bunch of different places, and I loved it and I still had no idea what I wanted to study for school. So I stayed around and then, uh, stayed around for 13 years. And, uh, I guess I technically EAS about nine months ago. Ooh, no, eight months. I don't know, but about, about a year ago, mm-hmm. I, I went on, I went on skill bridge, uh, a week will be a year. So. Oh, did you? Um, so skill bridge has been coming up quite a few times uh, here recently on the podcast. Talk about what your skill bridge experience was. Yeah, I did. So I heard they're cracking down a little bit on it and they want to stick to like the pre-approved programs, but Uh uh, at least technically, and I think it's still the case, but what I did was you could just get your commander to sign off. So as long as there was like a decent program and thought you were going to have success and it was something beneficial, if your commander approved it, then you could go and do a one-off. And so I was a, uh, I did a one-off internship with a local real estate team here in uh, my hometown Uh and just selling houses and stuff. And uh, so I just worked with them to help them out for like four months. The ironic thing is that I was doing that. And at the time I was doing that, I had two different interns working with me on the, on the platform through Skillbridge. So Uh uh, it was kind of a, a weird game, but uh, Skillbridge, if, if you can take advantage of it, I mean, it's a phenomenal opportunity, especially if you're able to do it in a way, you know, you keep your BAH at wherever you're stationed. And so like I was stationed in San Diego and then I did the last four months on Skillbridge in Missouri. And so I was still getting $3,200 a month or whatever in BAH while I was not paying yeah. that much anymore. So it was nice. Interesting. Now you talk, uh, you talk some about house hacking and, Early on in your Marine Corps experience, you you were able to, to house hack. What was that all about? Yeah, house hacking is, uh, well, honestly, it's my favorite to this day. It's my favorite way to get into real estate. Yeah. Uh, and it's super accessible, especially for service members. And it's, you know, 
you can do, I've seen people do it with like a single family where they rent out bedrooms to other, other mm-hmm. service members, like young officers will, you know, like one Lieutenant will buy a house and the other lieutenants will all rent from them. And it's this mm-hmm. bachelor pad, but, uh, house hacking in the simplest form is you buy a duplex triplex or a fourplex and you live in one unit, you rent out the others. And the reason it's so powerful is you're going to have to spend money to live somewhere anyway. Right. So you're, let's say you get, we'll use San Diego because it's super expensive and everyone tells me you can't do it there. And I'll use a, my buddy, Brian, uh, you know, you get $3,000 a month in housing allowance. You're expected that you're probably going to be spending about that much to live somewhere. So you're spending three grand and he buys a fourplex and it's like a $1.2 million fourplex. So it's super expensive. And everyone tells me you can't do that. He's a single E5 single Mm -hmm. sergeant. And he buys this thing zero down with the VA loan. And then he rents three of the units and then he's single. So he actually rents two of the bedrooms in the unit that he's living in, which is a three, two uh, to people as well. And he ends up pocketing $600 a month from the rent after all of his expenses. And then he's also saving the $3,000 a month of BH that he would have been spending to live somewhere. So he's essentially, you know, his tenants are paying down 1500 to $2,000 worth of his mortgage every month while he's living for free in a house and pocketing $36,000 a year in BAH tax-free, like just a, just a huge way to like start your journey in real yeah. estate. Cause you can, you can, you know, when I did it, I went from paying like five fifty a month plus utilities to live in a two, one apartment to paying, I think it was like 175 bucks a month after utilities uh, to own a duplex. And so I slashed my living expenses by, 400 bucks a month. And then when I moved out, it, it's paid me every month since then. Yeah. And like the, the, the key to that is on the GI bill, uh, a fourplex is the max number of single family units you can have and still buy using your GI bill. And, and you do have to, you do have to plan on living in one of them. Yeah. The, the VA will go up to, uh, yeah, fourplex and, uh, but it, yeah, which is super cool because you can get in for zero down. So, you know, I mean, we, yeah. the so far the craziest one that I think I've seen, and I'm not going to go and tell everyone like, this is what you should do. This is the model you should follow. But uh, there was a captain who I introduced to my roommate at the time who was a lender <clears throat> and he bought a duplex on Venice beach. Like literally you, you go to muscle beach, you walk across the street and you're hitting his house <laughs> for $1.93 million. Wow. zero down as an active duty man. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty crazy loan, but it, I mean, ultimately he bought it in 2020. So, I mean, it's, it's done just fine going up in value in LA County, but, uh, you know, he was living for, I mean, I think he was still spending a little bit of money out of pocket for the BAH, but he was still saving money to own this. I mean, you couldn't, there's not a whole lot of better locations than like on Venice beach in LA County. I mean, that's, yeah. If you're going to bank, if you're going to bank on appreciation, that's somewhere I would bank on appreciation. Probably not going to go down in value. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when your neighbors have like NDAs signed for their address so nobody knows where they live because they're all famous. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. And you know, like, and you mentioned the one, the one duplex where each one of them was a three bedroom, two bath arrangement. So you had, you could have three different people living in, living in one of them. Or like you said, your buddy rented out the other two rooms and he was in one room by himself. Yeah. So, um, so what other, so that your, your first experience was with house hacking was, was buying a fourplex like that. As, as time goes on, the rest of the time you're in Marine Corps, uh, you ended up getting orders down to Hawaii. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was stationed there. I tried to buy a house there, but 
at the time that I moved there, the VA loan still had a limit to how much you could purchase before you had to put 25% down over Mm -hmm. anything over that. And so we kept getting outbid, uh, in Hawaii, which is a bummer because I would have loved to have owned a house there, but, uh, we lived on base there and I just invested still in Missouri because I had a team there and had kind of gotten my feet wet in real estate. So Mm -hmm. I figured, you know, why, why change things up? This is working. Yeah. And while you're in Hawaii, you're able to buy another property back, back in the U S like in the Missouri area. Yeah. Uh, I bought, let's see. So I had, my first purchase was a duplex. Then I bought like some vacant land that was next to our primary residence. And then while in Hawaii, I bought a 10 unit. Uh, I, I took a lease, took over a lease option on a big 40 unit, like mixed use building, but that ended up not really working out. So I, I broke off the lease option and I think I bought one or two more duplexes before we left Hawaii. So I, I, I think I had like two units when I got to Hawaii and 15 or 16 when I left Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> so still, still uh, acquiring real estate back, uh, back stateside, um, or excuse me, back in the mainland um, when you're <laughs> yeah. in Hawaii, I don't want to piss anybody off there. But uh, um, so as you progress farther down the road, acquiring more and more properties, you have like, you're saying now you have like a hundred units or a hundred different um, family units. Is that what, where are you at now? Yeah. So I've got, let's see. So if we break it down, I'm just over a hundred units that I have a controlling interest in or, or, you know, actually would consider myself to be a partner on. So I've got, uh, I'm like a one third member of an LLC that owns a 40 unit hotel and a 23 unit apartment, a 15 unit apartment. Then I'm a 50-50 member on another four units with a friend. And then everything else I own myself. And that's, you know, another 20, 25 units personally. Uh, and then I've also invested in uh, two much larger, like multifamily deals where I'm a general partner. It's like another 800 units, but it's, uh, you know, I, I have like a one third percent ownership. So I don't really count those in my, in my portfolio because <laughs> I couldn't make a decision on them if I wanted to without a whole lot of other votes going my favor. Wow. Yeah. All right. We'll hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. With all the PCS moves over the years, we've bought and sold many houses and we've used Navy Federal many times for a home mortgage. They've always been professional and great to work with and they get the military. So you don't have to explain certain things to them about military pay and the VA loan. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership. Buying a home can be stressful enough, so it's great to work with a lender who already understands the special situation of military families. They offer mortgage options with zero down payment, so you don't need to wait years to save. They offer mortgage options that don't require private mortgage insurance, so you'll save money each month. Members save $2,500 on average when they choose Navy Federal for their mortgage. And they're a top VA home lender, so check them out. Learn more at NavyFederal.org insured by NCUA equal housing lender. All right. Back talking with Marine veteran, David Perret with, uh, from military to millionaire. So David, you, you mentioned the, the VA loan and, and the zero down and something changed in the last couple of years with the VA loan it used to be, you had the County, uh, you had that County limit max, max price. You could use your VA on and you had to pay a, you know, 25% any, of anything over the four seven, like I'm a, one number, the biggest number was like 417 for the longest time. Yep. And uh, so that's changed. So now there's not really a limit on on the, the value of the house. Is that correct? 
Yeah, no, not not on your first use, and then not if you restore your entitlement. So it, it gets kind of confusing. But essentially, your first purchase you can qualify for. Uh, there's no limit to how much you can buy zero down as long as you qualify from a you know debt to income standpoint, credit standpoint, whatever. So whatever the bank is willing to give you, which again is why like a you know a triplex or a fourplex actually can be really beneficial because on a single family house you have to personally qualify for the entire debt to income ratio but on a fourplex you can count 75% of the you know presumed market rents for the units that you're not going to live in so the other three units if they all rent for you know a $1000 a month then 750 so 15 uh 2250 a month of that income you could count towards your income and then you can qualify for a, a more expensive mortgage uh because of that and so your first use no limit what it, what where it gets kind of confusing for people is is after your first use if you let's say you bought a house in Missouri for $200,000 and then you move to San Diego, well, your second use, you're going to fall under that county loan limit again, unless you do a, what's called like a one-time restoration of benefit, meaning you, you know, you sell or refinance the first house you bought on the VA loan. So it's not under a VA loan anymore. And then you can restore your benefit and now you don't have a limit again. Uh, so, you know, I, I know I have a friend who's bought four houses with the VA loan. Um, all at once, but the vast majority of people don't buy like four houses with that small price range. So after you own one or two, you're going to start hitting that limit. And uh, yeah, 417 for the longest time, that was, that was an amount. Uh, I think now I'd have to go and double check, but I think it's over 620. It might even be 640 is like the minimum across the nation uh, limit. And then, you know, certain zip codes are you know, like Hawaii is obviously a lot higher than that in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> and so they adjust that limit based on uh, cost of living. Huh. Wow. Where do you know, what, where's the best source to go to find that limit? If somebody wants to find out. I would just go to the VA's website. So if you yeah. just go to va.gov, they've got, you know, most all of the information, but they're going to be the most accurate. Okay. All right. So you started with, with house hacking while you're on active duty, you start acquiring additional properties where you're still on active duty. Um, you got to the point where you left active duty, you're still in the reserves, but at what point were you able to walk away from being on active duty because you figured out that, Hey, this I've, I'm onto something here and you've continued to grow your portfolio. Yeah. So <clears throat> I re-enlisted the last time in, uh, shoot math in public. It was probably what? 2019. Mm -hmm. I get, no, it would have been 2017. Sorry. Uh, in Hawaii, in Hawaii, uh, reenlisted. And I had at the time just kind of gotten started. I had 10 or 15 units. Uh, and I was like really on the fence about whether I was going to reenlist that time. But I realized like, Hey, if I get out right now, I'm going to have to go get a W2. I'm definitely not financially free. This thing is great, but it hasn't like, I'm not there yet. So I reenlisted. I did the next four years. And I was really kind of hoping that I would find that passion again for the military. But, you know, when I first joined, I was, you know, I went to Afghanistan, I was in Japan, I went through all these cool schools, I was doing all this awesome stuff, and I loved it. And then I found out that in the Marine Corps, and, and most services, from what I've gathered, they do this thing where you get promoted, and your job becomes a whole lot less fun. So <laughs> you're, you know, my last tour, I was working out of a skiff, right? So no windows, no cell phone, you know, couldn't even check Gmail. And for like two years, you know, I didn't get to go to the rifle range. I went to the pistol range once in two years. That was the only thing that I did mm -hmm. that wasn't in the office in two years. The only day that I wasn't in the office was the pistol range for one morning. Uh, 
and I hated it. Right. It was yeah. just the most like thankless, unpassionate job. And I, uh, so I, so when I got there and I was like, wow, this sucks, I'm not enjoying the military anymore. Like I'm just not doing the fun stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started really thinking about what would it take for me to be done? Right. And the, the number in my head at the time was I need $5,000 a month. If I get $5,000 a month coming in, mm-hmm. then I can move back to Missouri and do whatever the heck I want. Um, and so I really started focusing on that. And then this, this whole pandemic thing happened. And all of a sudden the Marine Corps is like, you know, for, for six months, I was on like one week on one week off essential shifts. And so I was like, well, all right, now I've got a week at a t- every, every other week I get to work on my business. <laughs> and uh, so I started really working on that. And, you know, when it, when it came time for me to do my reenlistment, I started, I was, I sat down and I was looking around and I was like, man, I'm, I'm making more money every month doing what I want for myself than I am in the Marine Corps, including BAH. So uh, finally realized like, okay, if I get, if I'm done, if I quit, I don't think I'm gonna have to get a job again. Uh, you know, I'm still really hesitant to say that I'm like financially free because I know that I'm still at like that point where if something happened, it could still, I'm not far enough along that I'm like, you know, incapable of, of retracting back to needing a job. Uh, but I'm, I don't know, eight months off active duty and I'm paying more in payroll than I was making in the military and haven't had to work a job yet. So it's, it's not going too bad yet. Yeah. And so you started to pivot from there over into, you know, you started from military to millionaire, basically talking and promoting, you know, pass along the lessons learned of your, you know, what you've done in real estate to other military members. Yeah. In, in 2018, so I, I had a journal from when I was deployed and I thought it'd be cool to write a book about, you know, like what normal people do in Afghanistan. Cause everybody's got, you know, all the, all the seals have books and, and all the guys with cool stories have books, but there's no, like, this is what the Lance corporal in Afghanistan saw, like, you know, so yeah. I, I thought it'd be funny to write that book and I realized nobody knows who I am. So it would never sell. And it would just be like, I wrote a book for myself. So I started a blog with no idea what it would turn into just kind of writing you know, to learn how to write. And I started, I didn't know what to write about. So I just kind of started documenting whatever I was learning. So if I wanted to learn about tax liens, I would make myself write an article about tax liens because that makes me research it more. And uh, it turns out that the from military to millionaire or, or military millionaire uh, like name is very catchy. And people just kind of started like one day I kind of looked up and was like, well, I got like a thousand people following along on this little (laughs) journey of mine. This is cool. And then it just took off. I mean, we were, we went from like 7,000 to 45,000 members in a Facebook group in maybe 15 months. And we went from, I mean, it was just like all of a sudden things just started to, to grow. And I realized then and there, like, as I'm doing all this with real estate and people are asking for help, I was like, wow, this is uh not only is this fun and way more fulfilling and I'm helping a ton of people and whatever, uh, but this is my chance to, you know, give back, but also it can be quite lucrative, right? Like YouTube pays me for some videos. And so it's like, I, I get, I make money having fun helping people without having to like charge exorbitant amounts of money. Like, it's just fun, you know? And I'm like, man, I feel aligned while I do this. I should probably do more of this. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's, what's the name you did actually end up publishing a book. I did. Yeah. And I'm the worst marketer ever for it, but I did finally start keeping it in my drawer. So it's called, uh, the no BS guide to military life. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's applicable. There's a ton of stuff in there for anyone, but I wrote it 
with the idea that like, man, if I was 18 and I knew what I knew now, then I would be so much further along than I am because I, you know, screwed up all, did all the normal Marine Corps financial mistakes for the first like seven years I was in. And so I basically just wrote the book as like, man, okay, if there's one thing that I would love for every service member to hear when they're first joining the military, let's put it all into a book and, and hand it to them. So it's like a chronological written out, like, Hey, here's the first thing you should do after boot camp, And, uh, gotten pretty good feedback so far. It's kind of weird. Cause you know, it's, it's hard to tell how many books you've sold with like the way Amazon does stuff. So I, I, I'm kind of flying blind, but it's kind of weird because somebody will read a book and then they'll send me a picture of them having bought like 20 copies for their unit. And that's happened 10 or 15 times. And so I think it's at least somewhat hitting the mark because people will read it and then buy a whole bunch of copies for everyone in their unit, which is really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that is cool. And so, so also tell us about uh, from military to millionaire. Yeah. I mean, it's just a platform to help service members and vets and their families learn uh, how to build wealth, right? Through through real estate, entrepreneurship, personal Mm -hmm. finance. I basically just talk about anything and everything that I'm learning. It's totally free. It's a, there's a Facebook group, an Instagram, a TikTok, a YouTube channel, a podcast, a blog, uh, some guy with a beard who runs his mouth all over the place. And for some reason people take him seriously, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. And if you want to take it a step further, you also have a mastermind, right? True. Yeah. So the, the one thing we do that is kind of a, a hidden behind a paywall, I mean, it's still super affordable, but uh, we have a community. And and so the, the whole platform is open to anyone, right? If you're a dependent or you're a family member, totally fine. We welcome you all. But the, the mastermind is specifically for people who either are serving or have served actively in the military or, or reserves. Uh, and we did that because we realized with the mastermind, like the community is the most powerful piece. So it's like if every single person in this group is or was a service member, and we've already got one huge step towards community figured out because we're all going to get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's geared towards real estate. And so we do, we have like three weekly group calls and, uh, um, you know, small squads and accountability and stuff. So we've got 165, 166 members right now. And, uh, yeah, I started it because I just wanted a, like a community of people that were serious. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, if I charge people a little bit of money every month to be here, then I know that they're serious enough to actually show up. Cause I'd been in free masterminds that all fell apart. And, uh, and boy, was I, uh, it, it has surpassed all of my expectations. And at this point it's so good or, or I enjoy it so much that when people reach out to me for mentorship, I'm like, just, just join this thing. Cause you'll get my time one-on-one we'll be on group calls all the time. Uh, but I can't keep up with the, you know, requests for one-on-one phone calls. So it's mm-hmm. this community is like, look, if I can't answer your question, there's a hundred people in here who can. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So, so you got like 160 some folks in your mastermind group. Yeah. Everything from, uh, I think our lowest rank, unless he got promoted as an E3 to, <laughs> you know, I don't know if he pinned a star, but we've got a couple full birds, but I think one of them might've pinned a star that's awesome. uh, last year. So pretty, pretty wide gauntlet of people. Yeah. And in the group rank doesn't matter. There is no, everybody's just Dave. And uh, so you mm-hmm. might have a, a Lance corporal given a, cor- a colonel, you know, advice on crypto or whatever, because everyone's got different strengths. So uh-huh. it's cool. Wow. That's awesome. And, and so, where do we find uh, from military to millionaire? Honestly, at this point, I, I think I've done my job right. So if you Google military millionaire, it'll pop right up. Awesome. That's great. Um, so what are some of the things, like if you could go back to when you were an 18 year old PFC, 
describe it. Yeah. What are some of the things that come to mind? So if you're talking to some of those young, young kids that are brand new in the military, what are some of those lessons learned that you really want to push their way? The first thing would be that the thrift savings plan put as much money as possible into it. When you start, if I had maxed that out the first four years I was in and never touched it again, I would have more money in there now than I do. And I put 10 to 15% in there for, you know, 13 years. And it's just, you can't beat those first few years as far as compounding. So if you just put everything you can afford to put in there right off the bat and let it ride, then now that you're, you know, your retirement down the road is taken care of. Now you can afford to take some risks with investing and stuff because you know, Hey, look, if I buy this house and it doesn't work out, my retirement's already good. So I don't have to worry about, um, but I I would say, yeah, TSP, uh, don't buy a brand new car, buy a five to 10 year used, (laughs) you know, like a a used reliable vehicle that isn't going to lose all of its value in the first two years, uh, preferably with single digit interest rate on your loan for it. Um, Those are, I mean, those are the two biggest mistakes service members make, right? They, they don't contribute to their TSP and the most valuable time, which is as soon as humanly possible. And they blow their money on something like a vehicle. You know, we, we all make the jokes about Mustangs, but there's a reason it's a joke, right? It's oh, super yeah. common and they depreciate, you know, you buy a Mustang five years later, it's worth less than 50% of what you paid for it. And you've paid more because of interest. And so now you're stuck with this thing that you might be underwater on that. Yep. Yeah. It sits, there, it sits there while you're deployed and you're still paying on it and everything else. And, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Used, used cars are at a premium right now though. Holy cow. With what's going on with just, yeah. The, the... I put, I put 50,000 miles on my car since I bought it in 2019 and the dealership just offered me 6,000 more than I paid for it. So yeah, it's, it's I've heard wild. that story over and over and over. I know. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's wanting my tundra right now, but if I get, if I sell it back to him, then I go go buy another one. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, even, even more of a reason for, you know, cause had I bought that car as a brand new car, sure. Values would have gone up, but not enough to cover how much mm-hmm. I would have, you know, it would have gone down due to mileage. Yeah. So you got into real estate cause you wanted to build wealth and you really took a liking to it and have done really well, but now you're also an entrepreneur. I mean, you're, not that real estate guys are not entrepreneurs, but, but now you're running a business. You got people in the payroll. I mean, yep. What's, what's that like being an entrepreneur and not working, not working for the man anymore. You're running your own business more than more, more money coming in than, than you thought you could achieve in the beginning. I mean, you say, Oh, I need at least five grand. Well, you're way beyond that at this point. So what does that feel like? Yeah, I've, I've had a few, uh, you know, for one, it's a roller coaster. So it is, a prime example, there was a month last year where I brought in like $33,000 in income. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I looked at the other side of the report and was like, I spent 32 of it. Crap. <laughs> you know, so like it, it's, it's, it, it fluctuates for sure. And a lot of that's, you know, commission stuff. So we've had some months where I'm holding my seat going, oh, crap. I, I joke with people that entrepreneurship, if you were to break it out, it looks like this uh, one day a week or two days a week of, Oh my God, I love this. It's amazing. I can do whatever the heck I want. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Two days a week of like, Oh my God, the world's ending. I'm stressed to the max. Everything's my fault and nothing's going the right way. I hope we make it. We're going to, you know, whatever. And then there's like one day a week where you're just sitting around like, 
well, there's got to be something I should do, but I can't like, I wish someone could just tell me what I need to do next. Cause I don't know what's, you know, and it's like, that's always the day before the, Oh crap. Everything's falling apart day. Cause you're like, I don't know what to do today. And then the next day it just hits you in the face, but yeah. uh, I'm getting better at it. The thing that I have found that I have struggled the most with is taking time off. Like I am physically trying to force myself to work from home or go home or like yesterday I, I'd been studying for the stupid test to get my mortgage license. And uh, I studied for, I don't know, four or five hours. And then I, you know, I kind of went cross-eyed and it kind of hit me. I was like, you know, it's like two in the afternoon. I'm going to go get a massage because I work for myself and I don't give a crap. Like, you know, whatever, but I'm, I really have struggled with letting myself, you know, like take a day off or. You always feel like you need to be on. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to shut it down. I work more now than I did in the Marine Corps. Right. I mean, it's fun. It doesn't feel like work. I mean, this, I consider like us talking on the podcast right now, this is me working, you know, I'm sitting right. in, a, in a, in a lazy boy chair and counts. drink, it drinking counts. Chick-fil-A, but, but it's, it, it, it's fun, but I get to the end of the day and I'm like, Holy crap. How'd I stay in the office past six again? You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I have experienced some of the same thing and all the experts will tell you, you become more productive if you do take that time off. Um, your head clears out. And then when you come back, kind of start with a fresh slate, fresh perspective on things. And then you, you kind of, you're able to see what the priorities are a little bit. Cause you've, you get, you get too much caught in the weeds. Um, yep. It's hard to tell you know, what you, what you, you should be doing next and everything else. So, um, well, we're getting close to our time. Um, so I'm gonna give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody that's still in the military, they might be on their way out transitioning, looking to get into entrepreneurship, whether it be real estate or something related, you know, what kind of advice comes to mind for somebody that's just getting started? They know they want to do something like this, but they don't really know what, where to go or what to do. Yeah. The single best thing you can do is investing in yourself, right? So listen to podcasts, read books, spend some time learning about whatever subject you'd like to do. If you don't know what you want to do, then what are you passionate about? What could you talk to people about for Mm -hmm. hours and that's probably the thing that you should focus on. There's a way to make money doing anything. So if it's video games, you can make money doing that. So whatever that is. And then once you've kind of figured that out and you started learning some more about how to do whatever that thing is, surround yourself with people who've already done it. So find people who have achieved what you want to achieve and then hang out with them. And don't listen to the people who are going to tell you it's a bad idea or it's risky or no or gripe or complain. They don't see all the people who are going to say whatever who haven't done what you want to do. Just totally ignore their advice. Only listen to the advice of people who have already been where you want to go and you'll be successful, right? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't learn to play football by listening to a swimmer who's never played football about football. Mm-hmm. You'd listen to the coach, but for some reason when we get into business, people are like, Oh, my mom said, I can't do that. Well, what's your mom do for a living? Well, she works at Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> Do you think your mom knows anything about running a business? I'm sure she's a wonderful lady, but she probably doesn't know anything about running a business. Right. So, you know, <laughs> great advice. Yeah. We all, we've, we all have probably fallen into that trap at one time or another. So <laughs> yeah. All right, David. Well, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Uh, great to hear about how from military millionaire is uh, excelling out there and uh, keep up the good work and look forward to seeing your future success. Thanks brother. And thanks for having me on the show. All right. You bet. Hoorah. Hoorah. These two Marines or Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. 
If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>